You probably have too much motivation. Written by Scott Young, March 2018. The classic view of self-improvement is that most people suffer from a motivational deficit. If they could just get that right bit of inspiration, they would summon up the courage to finally take action, start that business, get into a good relationship, run a marathon, and give up junk food. I happen to think that the opposite is probably true in quite a few cases. People struggle not just from having too little motivation, but from having too much. In doing research for my course on learning, for instance, I initially expected, according to the classic view, that most people struggle with learning would be getting the motivation to learn something. Learning is hard. Playing with your phone and watching television is not. Therefore, I expected getting that motivation to learn to be high enough to surmount those distractions, and that would be the most common problem. In fact, I found the opposite was actually much more common. People who had too much motivation, leading them to want to do too many things and finding it impossible to stick with a project until its execution was finished. Overly motivated ideation, under-motivated execution. An extremely common type of person I've encountered has two qualities which prevent her from making the accomplishments she would like. First, an overactive motivation to dream up ideas, scenarios, and goals. Second, a normal or underactive motivation to actually do the things implied by those ideas. For this kind of person, giving them a motivational speech, inspirational book, or pep talk is probably going to have a negative effect. Why? Because it exacerbates her pre-existing tendency to go overboard on thinking up ideas of stuff to do. Motivation, when applied, usually works best as a remedy to routine. If somebody is stuck in a particularly ineffective pattern of behavior, then extra motivation might trigger a new push to improve. Motivation, therefore, works best when there is a deficit of compelling ideas, not a surplus. So how can you tell if you're over-motivated? I myself tend to be the kind of person with this personality, so I feel I can recognize it a little bit more easily in other people. I tend to get sucked up into some fantasy of a new project, travel destination, or self-improvement kick. And those ideas are great, but earlier in my life, they'd often lead me to disaster as I'd hop between projects without any commitment. It took me a while to build the structures that would mitigate those potentially self-destructive aspects of my personality. Now, reading this, you might realize that you too suffer from some type of over-motivation. To get a sense of whether your motivation might be running too hot or too cold, consider the outcome of the last several failed goals in your life. These would be goals that you, at least at one point, had considered very important, and that they stopped progress or failed for some avoidable reason, such as a lack of effort. So for each of these, ask yourself whether you stopped putting in effort because you simply lost interest, or because you started working on a different goal that started to take precedence. Losing interest in just having the time or effort invested get dispersed back to the low-level background noise of your habit patterns is a sign of low motivation. For whatever reason, motivation wasn't sustained on the project and it didn't reach the finish line. On the other hand, having a new goal push down on an old project so that the old project gets demoted in terms of priority where the newer project occupies your attention is likely a case of over-motivation. Your failure to suppress the new idea led to your downfall. Now, in one-off cases, this tendency to replace an old goal with uh, one that feels more important may actually be wise. After all, your sense of priorities about things should guide you in how you allocate your limited time and effort. 
However, if it becomes a pattern of constantly cycling new self-improvement efforts, which lead nowhere because they get replaced too quickly, this pattern can be self-destructive. Motivation curves. So I've been painting a picture of motivation as if it were a unified psychological state, but that's probably not true. The reality is probably closer to the idea that your mind is constantly full of competing motivations. So the typical motivation may work something like this, where you have motivation building up in intensity until it triggers a threshold for taking initial action. The motivation continues as the work continues, but as with all effective states, it eventually returns back to more normal levels. Now, if you're lucky, you've designed your project and goal in such a way so that the motivational threshold to continue working on it is now below this new background motivational state. If it's not, you're likely to give up working on it due to low motivation. You may be able to sporadically bump up your motivation for particularly long goals. This is almost a necessity. However, it's still a less important factor than reducing the motivational threshold to continue working on it because the former is inconsistent. So I've written a lot about habits, goal setting, and project design. These ideas are largely to take advantage of the fact that you have a surplus of motivation in the beginning of a project and to use that extra drive to strategically design systems so that the long run of your project has the necessary actions well below the motivational threshold to continue them. How being over-motivated complicates things. So this picture of motivation works for a single goal or project. Things change, however, when you introduce the possibility of being motivated by different goals or projects. When this happens, there's now an additional complication. Your goal might get frustrated not because it was too onerous to sustain, but because a new interest robbed it of momentum. So for this kind of person, the curves would be the same, but now you have competing motivations which draw the same set of limited time, effort, and enthusiasm. Often this can result in an endless cycle of new ideas trumping old ones as you forever chase the motivation high of that initial burst of enthusiasm and neglect the relatively emotionally neutral phase of simply doing the work. To be accomplished, therefore, requires throwing cold water on yourself to cool down these motivations rather than constantly trying to stoke the fire. So how do you deal with being overly motivated? The single best strategy that has helped me deal with this tendency within myself is to use the single project approach. Only have one major ongoing project, which is the top priority. Everything else is secondary and nothing else can replace it until that project is completed. Now in practice, this heuristic is more complicated than a simple rule. You might have different single projects for well-defined areas of life that don't usually compete with each other for time. So you may have a work goal plus a different personal goal you pursue after work and they're less likely to conflict. The line between what qualifies as a project and thus is subject to this rule and what qualifies as sort of a background habit, and this is one of many, many things you expect yourself to do in a typical week or day, may even be blurry. So I don't wanna give the impression that this is necessarily clear cut. However, even amidst these complicating details, I think the overall broad idea of a single project philosophy is a good starting point. Plan as if you're only going to have one dominant project and use this as your rule for clamping down on the tendency to get carried away with motivation for new ideas while you're still working on the old one. So another strategy I found helpful for dealing with overactive motivation is to plan projects without starting them. The idea here is that in the world of ideas about something new you could do, you don't want to lose that enthusiasm. 
But instead of making concrete reallocations of your time and energy and thus messing up your existing project, it probably makes more sense to simply plan out how you would execute it after your current project is complete. Write things down, make schedules, figure out what would be involved, and this small dose of reality will usually satisfy the urge enough to prevent you from getting lost. A final strategy, which is too seldom applied but could be of great help, is to set less ambitious, shorter-term projects. So if you know that you tend to have large spikes of interest in new projects, then try to pick projects that you can work on for, let's say, a month instead of ones that will require years to complete. Yes, smaller projects are less ambitious, but many types of pursuits can benefit from a month or two of sustained interest. Others will require more time, but perhaps not continuously. So for instance, you may work hard on an exercise goal for a month and then switch to simply maintaining your exercise habits while you try something else. And later when that fades out, you can switch back to the original fitness goal and push for a new level or milestone. The key difference between a small project approach and what overly motivated people do by default is that you're intending this to happen. And so therefore you plan around it. When you simply let projects succeed and fail on the basis of a temporary emotion, many projects may not have reached a sufficiently stable level to be maintained as a habit in the interim. If, however, you know that your exercise project is just going to be one month long, that causes you to rethink how you're going to design it so that after the month, it might be sustainable as background activity. Ultimately, the curse of being too motivated is also a blessing. It means you have the drive to accomplish things and the possibility of fulfilling it. However, it requires a counterintuitive kind of control because it involves actively resisting some of the impulses you might have to make your life better. If you can pull it off though, the long-term picture is usually much brighter than one in which you're constantly chasing the high feeling of a new idea rather than the everyday reality of doing the work. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.